Welcome to season two of Through the Marketing Lens podcast, your go-to weekly business podcast that's fluff-free, to the point, and filled to the brim with real strategies and honest experiences that will help you in your business. We keep most episodes bite-sized because I know you're busy. I'm Katrina Aronson, your host and a marketing and business strategy coach for small business entrepreneurs. I've started and scaled my own multi-six-figure businesses before even becoming a coach. And my deepest desire is to help women to have the tools and the confidence to do whatever is on their heart and make money doing it. Let's jump into today's episode. Oh, hello there, and welcome to today's episode of Through the Marketing Lens. If you are new here, welcome. And if you're coming back, thank you so much for being here. If you have not already done so, take a moment to do two things. One, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast that's going to send the newest episodes to you wherever you listen to your podcasts. And two, kindly rate this podcast. That really is a huge help for us uh, and for people to be able to find us. So today we are tapping into Berkeley Sweet Apple's brain. Today is a uh, the last Tuesday of the month, which means it's a longer interview episode. And um, Berkeley Sweet Apple is a practicing lawyer. She specializes in helping women entrepreneurs to not make very expensive legal mistakes. So if you own a business, there's no reason for you not to grab a pen and paper and jot down some really impactful Um, tips for yourself in your business, and I will let Berkeley take it from here. Hello, hello. I'm so excited that you are here, Berkeley. This has been a long time coming. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah, this is going to be a really good conversation because um, everyone already knows what it is that you do, but everyone in business has legal responsibilities, right? This is something that encapsulates every single business owner. So there's so many questions I have for you. Um, First and foremost, I just want you to tell from your perspective what it is that you do. Okay. Well, as you know, I'm an attorney. Um, I'm also an entrepreneur. So I own an online template shop. I have contracts for creative entrepreneurs, So like client service agreements, website terms, um, and my law firm and my business kind of go hand in hand. Um, They both center around giving legal help to entrepreneurs. Um, I work mainly with women and basically just getting your business legally protected from the time that you start your business um, to any issues you have along the way, whether that's, you know, intellectual property or contracts. Um, But my goal is basically just to make the law and legal issues more accessible and less intimidating um, for women who are starting their businesses, because I find that it's, it is an intimidating topic and a lot of people don't want to deal with it. Um, And that having a background in litigation, I know that that's the worst thing you can possibly do. Um, So I just kind of want to make it, you know, more accessible for women to get that legal help that they need when they're starting their business. Awesome. Um, Makes so much sense. And as someone who has started her business the wrong way before and um, had to deal with, you know, filing fines and stuff like that, can you talk us through... Um, you said the the law is very intimidating. Like, what do you think it is 
that kind of blocks people from, from reaching out to a lawyer or from doing it the right way initially? Um, you know, I think it has a lot to do with like our system and kind of like, you know, finding a doctor, like doctors are not accessible, right? Like you have to go through, jump through a lot of hoops to find a doctor, um, and actually like get in their waiting room, get on their list. And then I think that like, I think it's the same thing with law. It's like, first, like, where do you go? You know, who, who are the lawyers you turn to? And the hourly rate is often very intimidating. So I think people think of lawyers as being like five to $700 an hour. And when you're starting your business and you think of, okay, well, if I'm, I need at least five hours of legal advice, nobody wants to spend that much when they're first getting started. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, I think it's like, where do you find one, you know, not wanting to pay that much, which is totally understandable. Um, And then I just think it's like the stereotype of, of the lawyer that we all know and don't necessarily like, you know? So my approach to it is just a little bit different than that traditional law firm, you know, lawyer in a big firm. I like to be, I like to have that one-on-one relationship with my clients. Um, I like to be accessible, you know, we text, I text with like most of my clients. I don't know if that's a boundary issue on my part or just, (laughs) but I, (laughs) I like that, you know, accessibility factor that you don't find with most doctors and lawyers. Um, so everything that you just said and just described is so perfect. What I think of is, um, when people first start a business, they are constantly kind of like fixing mistakes that they make rather than getting in front of them, right? Doing the next thing. And that could be a lot of things. Maybe they're scared of the investment. Maybe they just don't know what to do. And so they're always living in reaction mode. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I feel like law is very, very similar to that. And a lot of the mistakes they make could be solved if they got in front of it, but the numbers come up for me. So a lot of times what I hear is that you know, I didn't do it because it was just too expensive or I didn't think that, um, I would get fined that much. Right. So is that where the whole template, uh, contract template thing came in? Absolutely. So as you know, I have a background in litigation, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically the courtroom lawyer. So people come, you know, for the last seven years, people have come to me when they've had, a really expensive legal problem on their hands. And that is actually when you have to pay a lot of money. So like typical litigation retainers, 10 to Mm $15,000, just for like, say you got sued, that would be for me reviewing the lawsuit against you and coming up with a plan of action and maybe filing an answer to the complaint and sending out some discovery, maybe taking a deposition, Um, but that's where like people spend the most money is defending things after they've already happened. And after seeing so many of these play out, you know, it, you kind of get paranoid and you're like, okay, if they had just done X, Y, and Z, like this wouldn't have happened. You know, if they had spent a couple of thousand dollars, um, you know, they could have prevented spending this 15,000 just to start the lawsuit, right? Because the lawsuit is going to probably cost at least a hundred thousand, mm. um, you know, maybe more. 
So my goal with starting my company was, okay, if people can spend a few thousand dollars to avoid this problem, like how can I, and even if people don't want to spend a few thousand dollars, how can I reduce this so that they're maybe only spending like 300 or $400? Mm. And so that's sort of the um, inspiration for my template shop, which basically I just have really thorough contracts and things that account for, so I'll walk you, if you, if you want to hear, I'll walk yeah, you I through like a situation that happens. So I have a client and, um, she is a web designer and she is getting brought into a lawsuit where basically on the website she published, she put pictures that belonged to a famous photographer and, um, Basically what happened was the the client that hired her told her to put these pictures in. Um, And so she did, you know, and the problem with that is these pictures violated the intellectual property rights of this famous photographer. And now this famous photographer is suing my web designer client. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my web designer client like was just doing her job. She was just doing what her client told her to do. And her client is the one at fault, violating the intellectual property rights of this third party. So where contracts come in is say you're, and I've seen this same thing play out actually this month with a social media manager. So she's posting pictures that her client asks her to post of her, but those pictures actually violate, you know, the intellectual property rights of another party. So now the social media manager's on the hook. Mm. And where contracts come in is if you're a social media manager, you're a web designer, you want something in your contract that says, I'm not liable for this. Like if this happens, I'm not liable. And then you, you know, you avoid all those litigation fees and the contract cost, you know, $400. So that's so crazy that I would never even think that if someone told you to do it and you were doing your job that you would get sued for it, you get sued for it. And either way you have to show, you know, now they have to show evidence that they were told. And mm-hmm. what if the, what if that conversation was verbal, mm-hmm. then you have nothing mm-hmm. Then it's your word against their word. And so it's and all of this as having, money. it's as simple as having this in a contract. Right. And you can point to your contract and says, you know, you're going to lose this. You're going to lose this argument in court, even though you've sued me, right? You've sued me, but here's the contract that says you're going to lose in court because you signed that this is your responsibility. You're Mm -hmm. responsible for all images on your site. You're Mm -hmm. responsible for verifying that anything you tell me to post does not violate the, the, you know, and that's where it comes into like litigation strategy sort of. So if you have this contract that's bulletproof, you can either say, Hey, you know, you should drop this suit against me because you're going to lose. And if you don't, I'm going to, you know, file a motion for sanctions or I'm going to get my attorney's fees. So that's where you get leverage in litigation, Mm -hmm. where you can recoup the attorney's fees you spent hiring the litigator to defend you. Totally. Okay. This is like so relevant to so many people who definitely listen to this, but are my clients too. So, what I want you to do is poke holes in. Um, something that I hear all the time. And that is I can go to Law Depot or find contracts on Google. Talk to me about why those wouldn't be where someone would turn. I just like cringe hearing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
So most of these contracts are not drafted by attorneys. And I, in working with, in working with service providers, like I see these contracts all the time, whether they're, you know, on HoneyBook or whatever on, um, on Google or on, I don't know, wherever they get them. And there's always things that need to be fixed. There's always things that don't apply to their actual situation. I got a contract, um, from somebody who's helping me with, you know, I won't name names, but some aspect of my business. And I went to sign it and I'm like, there's not even a dispute resolution clause. So Mm -hmm. what happens if, and actually I've seen this like in several contracts, like where there's just no dispute resolution clause. So what happens if there's a conflict? Like, do you go to mediation? Do you go to arbitration? Do you go to court? Like what, what's the next step, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's the problem is they're often not drafted by lawyers. They're often incomplete. Um, they're often irrelevant to your, you know, your situation and the services you're providing. Often mm-hmm. like you'll see clauses that kind of hurt you. Like th- they're not what you intended. So maybe like the termination clause in there is not what you had in mind for your own business. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, the refund policy is not what you had in mind. Maybe it's giving away intellectual property. You know, maybe you're a graphic designer and you actually like to keep the rights of your work um, or you're a photographer and you actually want to keep the rights of your work or have some sort of license, you know, and, and the intellectual property provision in the contract you take off Google just says the client can, can take your pictures and they can put them on, on billboards or alter Mm -hmm. them or Mm -hmm. do whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of problems. Yeah. Uh, This is like a very helpful way to talk about it too, because um, first of all, I've been guilty for a very long time of using contracts that were missing a lot of components. And this has been pointed out to me recently. And this, you know, it, it's something that I think everyone does until they recognize that they're doing it right. That there is another path. Um, yeah. So this is super helpful. Um, and I want to, I want to spin this for a second. So I want to go to a bit more personal stuff because while we're on this podcast recording, I've gotten two phone calls interrupting us (laughs) (laughs) and, um, you know, it's, it's just part of like being a mom and a working mom. And I want to talk to you about, you run a business, you have your, your, you are a lawyer and you have your contract business. Um, so talk to me about what it's like in your life doing all of these things and growing your business with a kiddo. Um, it's totally under control. Everything's perfectly balanced. All the time. <laughs> There's never chaos. <laughs> um, it's a constant juggling act, like as I'm sure you know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I try to, I mean, one of the luxuries of having your own business and making your own schedule is that you get to go to you know, the soccer practices and the sing-along things at school. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I often find that things are dropping, that balls are dropping, Mm -hmm. whether or not it's, you know, on the mom front or on the work front, it's definitely a challenge and it's hard. 
I find my biggest challenge is actually being, um, not really like being there for him, but actually being present when I am there. Yes. Um, so being an entrepreneur, your business is always on, you're always getting emails, texts, DMs. And it's hard for me sometimes to just be like, I'm not going to look at my phone or respond to anything, you know, from 2.20 to 5 o'clock mm-hmm. when I'm with him. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> things like that. So That's, go ahead. What, what do you do to stay present? Do you have any kind of practice or things that you're trying to instill? Yeah, I would say so two days a week. I try to get him at um, 2.20 rather than having like my mom or my nanny get him. Mm-hmm. And I try for those two afternoons. You know, I would love to be able to pick him up every single day after work, but that's just not feasible. Um, so I try for those two afternoons to be like really present. So, you know, take him to lunch after, maybe have a picnic, like do something out of the house where I'm sort of like, my, all of my attentions on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's, you know, I, it's so real. And part of the reason I asked that question is normalizing, you know, we can often look at people that are five steps ahead, 10 steps ahead and think, oh, they have it all figured out. But in reality, we all struggle with the exact same things. We just have like a different juggling mechanism. Yeah. And I don't even know that I'm like, I'm not even saying I'm the poster child for for balance and, and and having it figured out. I'm certainly not. Um, but I know like what gets me through kind of the mom guilt is knowing that I am, you know, I'm showing my son that it's okay to, to work hard. It's okay to be an entrepreneur and take risks. And I'm hopefully setting him up for a, you know, successful financial future by doing so. So, Mm. Well, I can, I can assure you right there that that is a hundred percent true, a hundred percent true. And I think there's like, there's so much guilt that us moms as entrepreneurs have been told we're supposed to feel. So letting go of that can almost feel like there's something wrong with you. Um, but it's just a little bullshit. It's, you know, we're all kind of in this together and it's finding your joy. That's the difference, right? Like, yeah, and I want him to, you know, and I got divorced when he was one. So that's sort of been my, my philosophy is like, I want him to have a happy mom, whether that means working a little bit more than, you know, my mom worked when I was a kid and she picked me up every day and, mm-hmm. and that's, it's different for me, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I want him to see it kind of a different that a different definition of success and Mm -hmm. happiness. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, so I first, thank you so much for sharing your, your mom stories and your personal side. And I see you growing and thriving on social media and I'm constantly reaching out to you. And I just want to like, I want people to be able to see what I'm seeing. So where would someone find you if they wanted to connect with you? Well, I'm very active on Instagram. So at Berkeley Sweet Apple. Um, 
and I, you know, you can DM me, email me from there. My template shop is berkeleysweetapple.com. And then my law firm where you can see sort of the services I offer one-on-one, which is like trademarks, copyright, copyright, contracts, business strategy. Um, all of that is berkeleysweetapplelaw.com. Perfect. All right. And I will drop those in the show notes. So you do not have to dig around for them. And um, thank you so much for being here, Berkeley. I really, really loved having this conversation oh, with you. Well, you are the best. I mean, I love following you. I love getting your emails. It's so helpful. Marketing is like my second love. It's like one of the aspects of my my business that I'm passionate about. So like you're such an inspiration and I just love following along. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I will be talking to you very soon and I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Okay. So I hope you got a ton of value from that episode. I cannot tell you how many questions I get from clients, prospective clients, DMs about legal questions that um, will really hold you back or you know, maybe someone's copying you in your business. There's so many things that come up. So having resources like this is a game changer in your business. So I hope that um, you got inspired or found something really valuable in this episode. And please, if you did share this with someone that it can also help or inspire. Thank you guys so much for posting on Instagram stories. Please keep tagging me at Katrina Aronson underscore consulting. We cannot grow without you. And again, if you found something valuable here, please take a moment to review this episode. I hope you continue to shift your perspective and to grow both personally and professionally. I am honored to be part of your journey with all things business, life, mindset, and seeing it through the marketing lens. I will see you back here next Tuesday for a new episode. So I keep these episodes short because I know how busy you are, but that shouldn't stop you from growing your badass business. So if you want more growth-centered content, I am here to serve. I want to invite you to hop into the show notes right now and sign up for our weekly emails pronto. Or you can do this on my website, whatever's easier for you, katrinaaronson.com no catch, just really valuable content that I create all the time that is meant to help you to grow your business brick by brick. That's how I've done it and helped over a hundred inspirational women to do the same. So what are you waiting for? It's totally free and I'll see you in there.